fellow Backseat Directors. Yes, it is I, Andre Hutchins, your long-lost host of the Backseat Directors podcast. Yes, I am alive, alive and doing well, as I hope all of you are too. And yes, I do still love movies and I love talking about movies. The podcast is not dead, we just, uh, let's just say we hibernated for a bit. Uh, But the hibernation was actually a much-needed break and it did me a lot of personal good. Sometimes you just gotta step away and take a break sometimes, if you know what I mean. But alas, yes, I am back. Backseat Directors is back, and boy, do I have a lot of news and announcements to share with all of you. And that will be the first part of this episode. I'll go over these announcements in detail. And then the second half uh, will be a review of the films of 2019, and I'll give you my top 10. But before I get knee-deep into these announcements right now, uh, go ahead and take a look at your phone or computer, and uh, I mean, unless you're driving, of course. Wait until you've arrived at your destination first before you take a look at your phone. But make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And even though this is the first episode in roughly 11 months, uh, we'll just round up, we'll say a year, (laughs) Um, you you are going to want to subscribe to the podcast and stay up to date because we are coming at you fast and furious with new episodes every week. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. And if you feel so inclined, leave the podcast a review on your streaming platform of choice. I greatly, greatly appreciate the reviews all the feedback and the support from all of you. Okay, so let's get into these announcements. First up, Backseat Directors is back, and better than ever. And this new and improved Backseat Directors is taking movie reviews and discussions to the next level. In addition to the podcast, I am actually launching a brand new website at BackseatDirectors.com. The website will feature a team of incredible, talented writers, from literally all over the country. We're talking Philadelphia to Los Angeles and many places in between. So you know, while since having the podcast over the last few years, the Backseat Directors uh, pod has allowed me to meet uh, many different people who share the same passion as I do in movies. Uh, and through some of these connections, I've been able to put together this incredible team. Um, a few of these writers are local to Utah and have been on the podcast before uh, to re- review movies with me. Um, I'll list their names in just a second, but be sure to go to the website and check out their profiles to get uh, to know them a little bit. So in alphabetical order, we've got Andre Weeks, better known as the formal review. So yes, there are two Andres now, Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, just call him him the formal review. I think he prefers that. Uh, Next, CJ Marshall, Josh Aquino, Parker Johnson, Rachel Ogden, and Rachel Wagner. So that's two Andres, two Rachels. Yes, we have two Rachels as well. Sam Cooley and Shay Satmarie. Uh, this group of talented writers will bring you weekly movie reviews and editorials of the highest caliber. I honestly feel incredibly blessed to have all of them um, on this team and to be a part of Backseat Directors. Uh, they they really are a talented group, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy the the content and work that they uh, that they crank out. Um, so yeah, so that's the website. The next announcement. Um, uh, it is about the changes to the podcast and the podcast format. Now, this was something that I've actually been contemplating for a very long time. So when I started the podcast back in 2017, my mission uh, was to give a voice to movie fans everywhere. And I did this by leaving an open invitation on social media to literally anyone who wanted to jump on and discuss a movie with me. 
um, as noble of a cause as I felt that this maybe was, <laughs> uh, this format, it, it just wasn't sustainable. Uh, it wasn't realistic, especially when it comes to creating like a quality show, uh, on my podcast, uh, that is informative, entertaining, and uplifting to everyone that tunes in. I mean, that's challenging in and of itself already, but it just became too complex and difficult, uh, to ensure the quality of the podcast while also leaving an open invitation to anyone in the country. However, there have been many good things that came out of having that format. Um, I actually met most of my writers through having the all open format. You know, I met CJ, uh, I met, uh, Ryan Nevin and I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll introduce him a little bit more, um, in a sec. Uh, but Ryan Nevin from life of films, I met them both on Instagram. I met Rachel Wagner and Andre from the formal review on Twitter. So yes, there have been some amazing things that have come out, uh, come from that open style format. But as the saying goes, all good things must come to an end. Um, but it was a good ride while it lasted. Okay. Um, but that does not mean the podcast no longer supports the voices of moviegoers everywhere. Because again, this is still something that it means a lot to me. Okay. And, and that is still something that is very important to me and will continue to be important to me. And we will definitely incorporate those voices into the podcast. Uh, and that, that I'll talk about more on upcoming episodes. Okay, I know that was a lot of preface for the new changes in format, so let's get to it. The next episode after this will be a weekly show that will be co-hosted with my good friend Ryan Nevin, as previously mentioned, uh, from Life of Films. Life of Films is his movie blog. Ryan has been on the podcast uh, actually quite quite a bit, um, and we even had our own little uh, monthly show uh, called What's Hot, where Ryan and myself, we kind of discussed like just latest news and stuff like that going on in Hollywood. But, but now Ryan, he will be a full-time co-host, and together he and I will dive into movies in ways we haven't explored before. Um, yes, we will still do movie reviews, but the focus of the podcast is no longer centered on just movie reviews. Uh, we're going to have in-depth discussions and conversations on movies and other related topics. Um, to, and it's really just, it's to get at the heart of why we love movies so much. Uh, so some of our movie reviews will contain spoilers, but not every movie discussion will be on new movies either. We'll be discussing both new and old, and we're not going to limit ourselves to just only one format. Ryan is extremely talented. He has a great passion for cinema. Um, but this is the best part. Um, for those of you who have not met Ryan yet, he's from England. Um, so yeah, so if I'm being honest, that's probably the main reason why he's actually going to be co-hosting the show now. I mean, it's his smooth British accent. I think it just adds a level of flair to the show, you know? Um, I'm just kidding, Ryan, but seriously, (laughs) I think it's great. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so that is the new Backseat Directors podcast. Um, in coming months, we'll also have some interviews lined up, uh, and other guests to appear on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about these changes and I know it's going to improve the show like never before. So get ready. Okay, here we are. The final announcement, the big kahuna, or as uh, my wife, Amy likes to say the big bopper. (laughs) So this is something that, uh, this has been months and months in the works. Okay. Probably even longer than that. And I think I need a drum roll for this, okay? Can I get cue a drum roll, okay? There we go. That's good. Um, 
Okay. Here it is. I am finally announcing the creation of a brand new movie show called The Backseat Director's Mega Movie Show. Whoop, whoop. So The Backseat Director's Mega Movie Show uh, has actually come to fruition through the partnership and support of the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters here in Utah. Okay, I, I And I, I can't believe I'm even saying this. This is just awesome. But anyway... Megaplex Theaters has given Backseat Directors exclusive permission to film our show on location at their theaters throughout all of Utah. And I keep I keep saying we and us, and what I mean by we is myself and also my incredible co-host for the show, Sean Bardalis. Um, and like Ryan, some of you may already know Sean. Um, he I've had him on the podcast before. Um, he, you know, we've reviewed movies and other things like that, but. Um, he is also the owner creator of his own podcast called Real Bearded News. Uh, Sean, um, like everyone else on this team, uh, Sean is a highly talented individual. He has a great passion for all things nerdy. Um, and I cannot emphasize this enough, but the Backseat Director's mega movie show would not be happening without him. And I mean this. Sean is a gifted videographer and is one of the main reasons the show is even happening. So thanks to him, we have all the equipment and know-how to make this show actually come to life. So I just want to personally thank him publicly for his efforts. He's been a great friend over these years, and I'm grateful that we uh, get to do the show together as a team. Um, okay, so you're probably wondering, what is the Mega Movie Show? So in a word, it is a celebration. A celebration of all things movies we will have a new topic every for every episode that will focus on the new movies coming out each week but also with a look back to movies of the past that are in the same vein of the new releases so we'll discuss movie franchises movie memories movies that shaped us as kids and movies even now into our adulthood so in essence it will be a movie celebration the mega movie show it is a weekly show that will be recorded every monday evening and released every Wednesday morning on YouTube. Uh, we'll record at rotating Megaplex Theater locations throughout Utah. So if you're in the area and you want to stop by and say hi, come see us. Uh, come see and find. Uh, sorry, come try to find us on Mondays. And uh, what I'll do is before before we actually record, I'll announce the filming locations. Um, you know, before the recording. That way you'll have an um, enough time to come and stop by if you guys do want to come you know, say hi. But anyway, you guys, I could not be more excited for the mega movie show. Sean and I are both just super pumped to be able to do this. I mean, I freaking quit my job to be able to make this show happen. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, corporate life. Hello, no health insurance. Um, but seriously, th this, this is my plan. This is it. I'm in it 100%. There is no plan B. This is my passion. And I'm committed to making this show and backseat directors as a whole a place where everyone can come and enjoy the best, most meaningful and entertaining content on the web. I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity. Honestly, the stars have aligned and the heavens open to allow so many things to fall into place uh, the way that they have. Um, you know, uh, a lot of this kind of feels like it's been out of my control. I, I just, it's just been, it's been awesome to see it all come together. So yes, I have a lot of gratitude in my heart. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful to my wife, Amy as well. She's been my biggest cheerleader and supporter 
uh, from the very beginning. She's the one who initially encouraged me to make my own podcasts. You know, so back she even came up with the name. Okay, she came up with the name Backseat Directors. She encouraged me to do the podcast. She came up with the the name Mega Movie Show. There, so much of her brain and her inspiration is behind everything that we're doing here at Backseat Directors. But um, she's she's just she's been the one who's continued to encourage me of thinking and dreaming bigger. So I just I just want to thank I want to thank her and I want to thank every single one of you uh, who is listening to the podcast right now. Uh, all of your support is what makes all of this possible. Without you, the listener, the podcast, and backseat directors, it honestly would have died a lot a long time ago. So a big thank you. Okay, those are my announcements. All right, so look out for uh, for more news and other updates. On our social media platforms, uh, you can find Backseat Directors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just type in Backseat Directors and you're going to find us, okay? Um, oh, yeah, and and we're going to be on YouTube now. So we'll have our first two episodes up probably in the next 48 hours of the time that the, this podcast drops. So be on the lookout, all right? Okay, all right, uh, that's it. No more announcements. Let's get on to the meat of the show. And we are talking all things movies from 2019. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this is something that I've been going, I mean, not just recently, but I mean, I just, I continue to go back and forth on on what matters most to me um, uh, as it relates to kind of creating a movie list or rankings, you know, top 10 and stuff like that. You know, are, uh, are my lists and rankings, are they going to be based on, uh, what I believe to be subjectively the best movies of the year, or does it matter more to create my list off of which were actually my favorite movies, like based on entertainment value or, or what about rewatchability? You could think this was like the one, so and such and such movie was incredible, but like, would you actually ever even want to watch it again? Right? So uh, there's just so much that kind of goes, goes into movie rankings and stuff like that. And for the most part, I don't really care. Basically, all the movies I'm going to list are movies that I really, really, really liked, and I'm probably going to own all of them and watch them, and that's what matters to me. But anyway, anyway, so um, before I get into my top 10, I'm going to give you my honorable mentions. There are nine of them. Uh, why nine? I'll tell you why. Nine, because you can fit nine movie posters in a nice little square that looks good on an Instagram post. That's why. <laughs> so that's it. Okay. So let's just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to f- kind of fly through these nine pretty quickly. Um, and, and these are in no particular order. These are just nine honorable mentions. All right. These are nine movies that I thought were just either just, I, I loved them or they were just so crazy and creative that I have to mention them. All right. So I, I want to f- start off first with a, a movie called the best of enemies. It's directed by, um, Robin Bissell and you guys, I'm so sorry if I butcher any of these directors names, there's a few names on here that I don't know how to pronounce them, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. So either Robin Bissell or Bissell. Anyway, the movie was fantastic. It stars, um, Tara G Henson and Sam Rockwell. It's a, it's a, it's based on a true story and it's all about the civil rights and, and, um, these two, uh, um, a, an African-American, female and a white male 
white supremacists, part of the KKK. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, not to spoil anything, but uh, they do become friends. And so it's their story on how they actually become friends. It's an incredible story. Highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. The Best of Enemies. Okay. Um, on to the next honorable mention. Ad Astra. So every every year, I feel like there are there's at least one new space movie right and and there's probably more out there but i'm just talking about the ones that are uh, released theatrically you know the ones that are actually getting attention um the year before i i made a top 10 list of you know my favorite year uh, movies from 2018 um without having seen first man and had i seen it that movie would have been on my top 10 list i love space movies i am all about sci-fi uh, whether it's rooted in actual, you know, science or it is science fiction. I love it. Ad Astra is kind of a little bit of both. I'd say it's more science than science fiction. The only thing science fiction about is how far they're actually going traveling. Anyway, regardless, the movie is directed by James Gray. It stars Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is excellent. The movie is really, really good. It's a little slow. It's more of the art house flavor of movies. Um, it's very different than a movie like first man or something like that, but, um, I really enjoyed it and I feel like I need to go back and watch it. I only saw it in theaters and I haven't seen it since, but I know it got, um, it got a lot of praise critically. Uh, but yeah, I th- I thought it was a good movie. You haven't seen it, watch it, but watch it on a big screen, watch it with some, you know, good surround sound, stuff like that. Okay. Next one. And this one, this one, I'm really surprised, uh, at how many people, uh, I, th- I think they were kind of underwhelmed by it, but <laughs> I saw this movie and I thought it was fantastic, but it's, it's a zombie flick called the dead don't die. Um, and it's directed by Jim, uh, Jarmusch, Jarmusch, Jarmusch. Yeah. Jim Jarmusch. I think I pronounced right. You guys, again, I'm sorry. I already gave you a disclaimer. Um, but the movie stars Bill Murray and Adam driver. You guys, this movie has some of just the driest, uh, just, the driest comedy that for me really, really hits. I love zombie flicks and zombie flicks that are more of like a comedy movie, I think work really well. This one worked for me. I know a lot of people kind of felt underwhelmed by it, you know, expecting a lot from the kind of the cast, Bill Murray, Adam driver and everyone, you know, people go watch zombie flicks, but you guys, I really liked it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. The dead don't die. Okay, uh, next one is, this one was a pleasant surprise. You know, it's kind of interesting, uh, the evolution of movies and how movies are distributed. You know, n- long gone are the days where movies are only accessible in theaters. You know, now we have streaming services and streaming services are plentiful. You know, there's there are quite a few choices out there, but the king right now, well, <laughs> pun not intended uh the king of streaming right now is netflix and the name of the movie is the king um directed by david Mashad, starring timothy chamelet and joel uh, egerton uh this is it's a movie about henry v uh that's who uh, timothy chamelet's character is um but this really was it was it was a surprise at how much i enjoyed it the production level I think I think it's a it's a high quality movie that could have been released in theaters, you know. I I feel like T- Timothy Chalamet is kind of like he's kind of hot stuff right now in in Hollywood. I think he's a fairly coveted actor. Uh, he's young. He's a, he's appearing in a lot of movies, 
you know, he, he was in, um, he was in little women, uh, you know, the Greta Gerwig movie that was also up for best, uh, best film of the year. Um, but I think this is a movie where he shines. I think, I think Tim, uh, Timothy Shamlet was, was really good and, and, and believable. And so anyway, anyway, yeah, it's on Netflix. So if you got a subscription, stream this one, it's, it's well worth your time. All right. Next honorable mention. So for those of you who know me well, you guys know that I'm a pretty big World War II buff um, in that I, I don't know, just at a young age, I, I just became really interested in World War II, uh, the, the stories behind it, um, everything that led to it, what happened during it, and essentially how our world has been shaped from it. I mean, really, the outcome of World War II currently shapes the, the current world that and countries and nations that we live in right now um but uh one of the most pivotal and and you could also say maybe the most important battle in all of world war ii for for the u.s was the battle at midway so the movie is midway it's directed by roland emmerich and i know i know the movie didn't do well critically i think you know Speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, I think it got like a 45 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I, I thought it, this look, listen, this is what I want out of World War II movie. I want it to be um, I want it to be inspiring. I want it to be factual and I want it to, to it to feel like it's paying honor to those who served. OK, those those are the things that are most important to me. Uh, I just uh, I, I hold a, a deep admiration and respect uh, for, for what, what people call the greatest generation and people that were involved in the war and people that served in the war. And because of how important this story is and how important this battle was, uh, to the United States in world war II, uh, I'm just happy that it's being told, uh, in the form of a movie. And I think Roland Emmerich did a great job of telling the story and yeah, it's not a perfect movie. It, it, there's a lot of use of CGI, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, it's a movie I'm going to own and it's a movie I will show my kids and teach them about World War II because uh, historically and factually, it, it was pretty spot on. So there, it's got a huge cast. So I'll just list them off. So um, it stars Ed Screen, uh, Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore, Dennis Quaid, Aaron Eckhart, and Nick Jonas. I, I mean, they're, they're, it's a loaded cast, but it's a really good movie. Definitely recommend it. Uh, next honorable mention, and this one, this one was really, really close to making my top ten. I just, uh, I, I mean, if I were to go back and watch it again, I might, you know, pull one out of my top ten and put this one in. But I, again, I, I, it's on my list because I want, I want you guys to know about it. And if you haven't seen it, definitely see it. But it's called Bombshell. Uh, it's directed by uh, Jay Roach, and it stars Charlize Theron. Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie. Also, John Lithgow, he plays the um, antagonist, uh, Roger Ailes. But the movie, it's about it's about the Fox News fallout from 2016 and Roger Ailes, who was the president, uh, I'm pretty sure founder and president of Fox News, but anyway, just for sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, and just everything that kind of happened after that. Um, it, it, was, it, it won the Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, which I think it was well deserved because if you look at Charlize Theron, she doesn't even look like Charlize Theron. She, her, the character she plays is uh, Megan Kelly, the former Fox News uh, anchor. But 
it, it this is an important story. It, it wasn't a perfect movie. And there are some scenes that I could have done without. I just didn't, they, they didn't really play in any importance of telling the, the, the story behind of what actually happened. But anyway, it, it was a well-made movie. It, it, it was a powerful movie and it really goes to show uh, a, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that a lot of us either, you know, we've never experienced or we've never seen and we hear it on the news. But when you see it actually happening in a movie, it really puts a different um, just it, 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 it you begin to see things differently and realize, OK, this stuff is actually terrible okay i know i'm being vague but i don't want to give anything away anyway go watch bombshell okay we've got three more honorable uh, honorable mentions uh next up is the lighthouse <laughs> the lighthouse is directed by robert eggers and it stars robert pattinson and willem dafoe so i am only mentioning this movie for one reason and that reason is willem dafoe I truly believe that Willem Dafoe was snubbed big time uh, for not getting nominated for a a supporting role um, for his performance in The Lighthouse. For his performance alone, that's the reason why you should see this movie. This movie is weird, okay? It's a black and white film. The story is bizarre, all right? This is the kind of stuff that the that independent movie studio, A24, uh, just lives and thrives off of, all right? Um, it's just, it, it's, it's a story about these two isolated lighthouse keepers and kind of their slow descent into madness. But Willem Dafoe could not be more captivating uh, to watch than in this movie so again i think it's worth watching just to see willem dafoe and how uh, just his performance in this movie um okay now i know the next two i'm probably going to get a lot of slack for uh for not putting in my top 10 but uh, i've got my reasons regardless they were good movies and that's why i am mentioning them uh so second to last is joker I like Joker. I didn't love it. I liked it. I think it was a, a, a great movie in terms of performance by Joaquin Phoenix and just by uh, the boundaries that Todd Phillips, who directed the movie, and the other writers and filmmakers, the boundaries that they pushed to make this movie. All right. There was a lot of controversy swirling and surrounding this movie. You know, I mean, cities and police offices and forces were worried that there was going to be mass shootings and this was going to inspire killing sprees and all this crazy stuff that was going on where, I mean, if in reality, in terms of how many people actually got hurt, there were more people who got hurt over standing in line to see frozen two and parents getting mad. And you can look that up, just type in frozen two, uh, parents getting a fight or whatever. But anyway, um, all of that stuff, all that news and concern about Joker and it was going to incite riots and chaos and shootings. Well, that didn't happen. Okay. This movie is a well-crafted movie. And I think for that reason, it's worth seeing um, my issues. My main issues surround the portrayal of Thomas Wayne in the movie, but I'm not, I'm not reviewing Joker. I'm just saying it is on my honorable mention. Uh, I mean, the movie, the movie 
it got it was nominated for best best picture best director lots of other stuff it ended up winning best actor no surprise for walking phoenix uh in a leading role and it won best original score and i think that was well deserving as well so joker all right last on my honorable mention list avengers Endgame. <laughs> okay but here i, I uh, just to totally be uh, upfront and honest about this movie this was never going to make my top 10 ever uh, one, because I don't even consider it to be as good as Avengers Infinity War. I thought Infinity War was a much better and uh, it was a much better movie. It was better. It was uh, um, um, what do you call it? It was a better team up. All right. I think Infinity War handled the amount of characters within the movie than Endgame. And I just didn't really like the whole time travel story of Endgame anyway. So yeah, Infinity War. I'm pretty sure Infinity War made my top ten last year, but but I I have it on my honorable mention because it, one, um, this is the 22nd movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, this is 11 years in the making. This is one of the greatest achievements in Hollywood ever. Say what you will about you know the maybe the kind of cookie cutter formula of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But what Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige, who's the executive producer of all these movies, what they have been able to achieve is unprecedented. It really is. It's quite remarkable. I mean, this franchise started back in 2008 with Iron Man. Okay, this we're not talking a really well-known or popular comic book character. It's Iron Man. It's not Spider-Man. It's not Batman. It's not Superman. It's Iron Man. And and they turned Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. into a star. Right. So I, I just I just needed to put this on here because of what it means for this the studio, for the franchise, and just for cinema as a whole. It is revolutionized cinema. I mean, uh, comic book movies are it. Comic book comic book movies are are they're the main draw. Yeah, that's why people go to movies. You know, if people go see maybe one or two movies a year, it's usually Marvel movies. That's just how it is now. And that's because of what the MCU has done. And uh, Avengers Endgame was the was the finale. So the movie is directed by the Russo brothers, uh, which Infinity War, uh, Avengers Infinity War was as well. The movie stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth, Karen Gillan, Mark Ruffalo, Brie Larson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Paul Rudd, and so many others. Okay, so that is my honorable mention list. I'll run through it one more time real quick. The Best of Enemies, Ad Astra, The Dead Don't Die, The King, Midway, Bombshell, The Lighthouse, Joker, Avengers Endgame. All right, here we go. The top 10 from 2019, according to Andre Hudgens. (laughs) Okay, number 10 on the list is the horror thriller and maybe even uh, dark comedy, Us, directed by Jordan Peele. Now, Jordan Peele really, really broke out into the scene in 2017 with Get Out. Uh, He won um, Best Screenplay. He was up for a bunch of other awards for Get Out. Get Out was a great movie. But here's the thing. The way that I see Get Out, Get Out is kind of like, it's kind of like M. Night Shyamalan's Sixth Sense. This is such an incredible original movie. It's going to be really hard for Jordan Peele to top what he did with Get Out. Okay, and and a lot of people consider what you know M Night M, M Night Shyamalan has done with his movies ever since Six Sense. They just haven't been as good. I am not a part of that group. I really love M Night Shyamalan. That's a different discussion for another day. So let's get back to us. Directed by Jordan Peele, 
it is a well-crafted, very clever, very original horror movie. And I and I I, I wanted to throw in just dark comedy because it, there are some funny, more comical moments, and that is to break up the tension in the movie. But let's not let's not I'm not I'm not trying to downplay the horror factor. This is a scary, creepy movie. Okay, so uh, don't think that you're gonna go into this movie uh, laughing a ton because you're not. Uh, the other reason why this movie makes my list is because of uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, Lupita Nyong'o was 100% snubbed by the Academy. She should have been nominated for a Best Actress uh, role, her best, uh, a leading role as an actress for us. It, it, what she does is phenomenal. For those of you who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, she was incredible. The movie also stars Winston Duke. I thought he was great beside Lupita Nyong'o. Go see the movie. Go support Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is now one of those directors that uh, when he's doing something new, I want to know what it is. With Get Out and Us, he's just, I, I, I mean, he's just, he is really cooking up something good in Hollywood, and I'm excited to see what he does next. Number nine on my list is John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. That's right, the Keanu Reeves incredible franchise that has started from nothing out of nowhere and has turned into a phenomenon. The John Wick movies are are some of the most pure action movies you could ever see, and it's the kind of role that Keanu Reeves was born to play. The guy is John Wick. He breathes and just resonates John Wick, right? And I and he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect for these movies. Um, so the movie uh, John Wick Chapter Three, Parabellum. That's kind of a. They should just call it John Wick Chapter Three. I mean, I get it, Parabellum. Anyway, it was first John Wick, John Wick Chapter Two, and John Wick Chapter Three, Parabellum. There is going to be a fourth one though. The, these movies are not going to stop, and and they continue to make more money. Every sequel that they put out, unlike Star Wars, they continue to make more money with the sequels, okay? Um, the the movie is directed by Chad uh, Stalski. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, but again, it stars Keanu Reeves, and it also stars Halle Berry. Now, Halle Berry, I think, really upped uh, the level of entertainment value for the John Wick movie. I think it, it added some freshness, it added a new face, and really... Uh, it's, it's, I mean, if, if they announce tomorrow that Halle Berry is going to have her own movie, that's kind of a spinoff of John Wick, people are going to go see it because she kicked some big time butt in this movie. She was excellent. She was perfect next to Keanu Reeves. These movies are seriously some of the best action movies to ever come out of Hollywood. Go see it. John Wick chapter three, number nine. Okay. Number eight. Um, now I know some of you, uh, who consider yourself cinephiles, you're going to have this movie probably higher up on your list and because it did win best picture at the Oscars, uh, but it's Parasite. Um, I, I, this is the movie I was going back and forth on and whether or not I was going to put it in my top 10. I saw this movie and I sat there in the theater just, just wondering what the heck did I just see? <laughs> this was one of those movies that you're watching and you're not believing what you're actually seeing. Just like, how crazy is this movie? The movie is incredibly original. It, it's one of the most original stories that, that has come out of Hollywood in a long time. And I, and I say Hollywood. I shouldn't say Hollywood because it's not, it's, it wasn't made in Hollywood. It wasn't made in the U.S. This is a foreign film. It is a Korean film. Uh, the director is Bong Joon-ho. And you probably know his name now because he went into the Oscars and swept them. He got Best Picture for Parasite. He got 
best director um which i think was one of the bigger upsets golly i can't believe he won best director i can't believe he won best picture but anyway um it got best uh, original screenplay which was bong joon ho's as well um what what else am i missing uh, oh yeah obviously i mean it obviously got best international feature film i mean that was kind of the the obvious choice but so it came away with four four oscars and two of the top oscars um it, it is it is a clever film again like i said it's very original uh, it, it it's all in subtitles so i mean if you're not a fan of subtitles i i get over it because this movie is worth watching um, but yeah, just crazy. I still can't believe it won Best Picture. It, it, I, I, the more I think about the movie, the more it continues to rem- remind me of kind of an Alfred Hitchcock. Of it, it, it kind of has that same vibe, right? It's not like it's not like a true horror movie, um, but it's disturbing and creepy and makes you think, and your just head is kind of spinning, right? It's very much in in line of that same just Alfred Hitchcock style. So that's number eight, Parasite. Okay, now this is where I know I'm going to get the most most heat for having this movie in my top 10, all right? But but uh, I don't care. Bring it on. Um, my number seven is the M. Night Shyamalan-directed Glass. Uh, oh, yes. I can hear all of you guys now. No! I hate that movie, and I hate M. Night Shyamalan. No, 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 no. First of all, let me just tell you, M. Night Shyamalan is one of my favorite directors and writers in Hollywood. I love his movies. I think they have a ton of heart. I think they have a lot of depth within their characters. And I think they're incredibly intimate and personal. And Glass was all of that. Um, You know, so uh, again, directed and written by M. Night Shyamalan, stars Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, and Anya Taylor Joy. but it's it is the end of his trilogy uh, apparently this was always supposed to be a trilogy which began 19 years ago uh with unbreakable but um uh, you know whether or not it was actually always meant to be one i don't know but you know he made split a few years ago which i think really got people reinvigorated with his movies it was it was very very chilling very creepy and and uh and it introduced James McAvoy as the beast and, and as good of a job as James McAvoy did in, um, split, I think he was even better in glass. And this is really where I feel like he got overlooked. You know, I, I mean, whether or not he was deserving of a nomination for supporting actor, that's, I'll just leave that up to you guys. But he, he, he plays this character that has like a multiple personality disorder. He has like 18 different personalities living within him. And he, he plays every single one of them just incredibly. I mean, you know, he goes from, from like a six year old boy to like a teen girl to like an old lady. And he, he just, he effortlessly changes characters and personalities throughout the whole movie. And it's just a sight to see. So, um, I, I thought the movie was great. I know a lot of people didn't like it because of the ending. They said, Oh, just another dumb ending. Like M night Shyamalan does no payoff, but uh, the story that is told within this movie. And, and if you're expecting something else, expecting something bigger you are going to be disappointed because that's not what this movie is about samuel jackson's character even tells it to you plain straight face Uh, he gives it to you and if again you're still wanting more you're not going to get it because this movie was never about that in the first place um the other thing about this movie that i wanted to mention 
is this movie was a snub for original score. This was my favorite uh, original musical score for a movie of 2019. Go listen to the music. The music is super, super good. All right, on to number six, Ford v. Ferrari. That's right. It's not Ford versus Ferrari. It's Ford v. Ferrari. Why? I don't know. It's like a court case. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they did Ford v. Ferrari. But anyway, um, Ford v. Ferrari, directed by James Mangold and stars Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Two incredible actors, some of my favorite actors. Uh, Christian Bale was amazing. It won Best Oscar for sound editing and film editing. If you've seen the movie, I think it's well-deserving of those two wins. This movie really puts you into the seat of these 1960s race cars. It is loud. It is fast. It is exhilarating. I I was talking to my dad about this movie and just kind of like I'm sitting there in the movie and I'm trying. I feel like I'm driving as, you know, we're watching these race cars go and you just feel like you want to be in that seat with those guys. But this movie was really fun. I thought it was a really well told story. Uh, kudos to James Mangold. I, I, he just, he created a, a really excellent movie that I think paid great homage to those who were a part of it, you know, with uh, Carol Shelby and um, shoot, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting, uh, forgetting Christian Bale's character's name but anyway it's just it was it was an all-around good movie i knew it wasn't going to win best picture but it it was one of the best movies of last year i loved watching it and i'm gonna love re-watching it all right we are entering the top five territory coming in at my number five is quentin tarantino's love letter to hollywood once upon a time in hollywood uh, this movie was maybe the surprise movie uh, one of the biggest surprises of the year, and and it's only because of how the movie ended. Um, I enjoy Quentin Tarantino movies. I don't love all his movies. I really like the Kill Bill movies. Pulp Fiction, obviously, is a classic. Uh, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood shot up to one of my favorite movies of his all time. It was that good. And what's even funnier is my wife is the one that suggested to go see this movie. You know, um, she, I've tried to show her kill bill. I try to show her the other movie. She's not a big fan, but she wanted to go see this. I, uh, she's, she's a fan of Margot Robbie. She's a big fan of the sixties. And I think that's what kind of interested her in first seeing the movie. And, and I told her, I said, Hey, you gotta be careful. You know, Quentin Tarantino, his movies sometimes get really violent. Um, this is about the Manson family murders. Uh, so just prepare yourself. But we went in and we both walked away just loving, gushing over it. Such a great movie. Um, and the soundtrack is killer. D- download the soundtrack. If you guys haven't listened to it, it's like just list- tuning into a 1960s radio station in L.A. and listening to music in the summer. It's really fun. So go check that out. But, yep, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, um, and Margot Robbie. Uh, the movie won two Oscars, one for Best best Production Design, and Brad Pitt won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, but yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. Now, these are the top four, and the next two are both streaming, so straight kind of straight-to-digital uh, streaming movies. Uh, number four is The Report. This is an Amazon original, so you go find it on Amazon Prime. Directed by Scott Burns, and it stars Adam Driver and Annette Benning. You know, I know Adam Driver got nominated for his role in Marriage Story, which I did not like that movie. But 
I really, really enjoyed Adam Driver in this movie. I thought he was phenomenal. But the reason why I have this movie on my top 10 and the reason why I have it so high at number four is because of how important the the story that is told within the movie. So th- these are some the, the story is kind of the thing that trumps everything else for me in a movie. If the story is good and I feel like the story is important and people should know about it, it's going to it's going to be a movie that matters a lot to me a great deal. And the report is one of these movies. Uh, the movie essentially encapsulates um, the congressional investigation into the CIA for um, what they called enhanced interrogation techniques uh, throughout the 2000s where the United States detained um, prisoners. Uh, Well, I mean, they weren't even prisoners because, I mean, they were prisoners, but they weren't charged criminals because they were never brought to court. They were detainees, you know, uh, suspected terrorists or known terrorists and tortured um, uh, gruesomely and at length and it is a stain on the U.S. history that I feel like has been kind of looked over, and and it, this is this is absolutely a must see. Um, so yeah, if you have Amazon, uh, watch it. The report well worth your time. Um, so yeah, that's number four. Okay, top three. Number three is also streaming on Netflix. So it's a Netflix original movie called The Two Popes. Uh, the Two Popes, directed by Fernando Mieralis. Uh I think I got that right, uh, stars Jonathan Price as Pope Francis and Anthony Hopkins as Pope Benedict. Wow, this movie was one of those movies that uh, I had heard about it, and I just kind of turned it on casually at night while, uh, you know, uh, my my wife is like kind of coming, you know, in and out of sleep. She's trying to go to bed, but I'm just turning something on just to see what it's like. And then I end up staying up watching the entire movie um, because I am just totally captivated. Uh, I'm totally captivated and enthralled by this movie. Um, but yeah, the two popes, uh, this movie, it, it meant a lot to me personally because one, Pope Francis, he is originally from Argentina. That's where he was born and raised. Okay. And, and I, um, I actually served, um, a religious mission for my church, uh, in Argentina for two years. And so I got to know that country and I got to know the people very well. And actually when the change happened from when Pope Benedict stepped down, um, and kind of abdicated the Vatican, uh, which is something that hasn't happened in like 400 years. So he just said, I'm not going to be Pope anymore. Usually, you know, the popes will live out their lives being Pope before a new one selected. But I was in Argentina when this happened and when uh, Pope Francis was selected as the new Pope. And this was a huge deal. I don't think uh, we as Americans in the United States understand uh, the the global impact that this had over millions and millions of people. Uh, just because, you know, Catholicism really isn't like the leading a sect of Christianity within the U.S., but in Argentina, it absolutely is. And so, you know, because of my personal experience and like kind of being a part of that culture for so long and the people for so long, this movie, it just, it just really hit home for me. I, I, the level of intimacy, uh, and, and the story that is told between these two characters is of the highest quality. I cannot recommend this movie anymore. Um, any more so than I, than I, than I have been. Um, 
it, it it's it's so worth your time so yeah if you have netflix go watch it the two popes okay number two um i'm pretty sure only one movie made me cry last year uh and it was jojo rabbit oh jojo rabbit I kind of went back and forth on this being my either, you know, my favorite movie, but ended up coming in at number two, Jojo Rabbit directed by Taika Waititi, um, who won the Oscar for best adapted screenplay. You know, it's, it is the story of Nazi Germany through the eyes of a 10 year old who's experiencing it as Germany kind of, uh, is coming to the close, uh, in the end of world war two the movie the if you watch the trailers the movie kind of has this whimsical feel to it and it kind of almost like a Wes Anderson just kind of goofy and silly and it's anything but that okay there are scenes that are more lighthearted but this this movie was so beautiful and the messages of this movie are even more beautiful and uh, again, just kind of this, uh, my affinity towards uh, all things World War II and just the stories of you know World War II. Um, this this is so worth your time. My goodness, Jojo Rabbit was so good. Uh, again, and I, I feel like I like to mention when my wife Amy likes a movie because she's she's pretty hard to please and she doesn't you know she's not into movies as much as I am. So when she sits down to for a movie and she likes it, uh, it's really good. But she didn't just like. Sorry, she didn't just like Jojo Rabbit. She loved Jojo Rabbit. Um, so yeah, so Jojo Rabbit is my number two. All right, the moment all of you have been waiting for. My number one pick for movie of 2019 is a World War One film called 1917. I know, I know, I know. Maybe, maybe there's kind of a trend of <laughs> these war movies, but... But hey, look, 1917, it was nominated for Best Picture. It won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. It won the BAFTA Award for Best Picture. And I am shocked that it did not win the Oscar for Best Picture. But that's another story. Anyway, 1917, directed by Sam Mendes, was actually about stories that Sam Mendes, uh, the, the grandfather of Sam Mendes, told during his experience to, uh, in World War One, And that's who the main character is uh, uh, portrayed as is Sam Mendes' uh, grandpa. Um, but it, it won best cinematography at the Academy Awards and it won best visual, visual, visual effects and best sound mix, mixing. This movie is a technical marvel. Uh, it, it, it uses incredible techniques to make the movie feel like it is one single shot. I know this might seem overplayed and overstated, but until you see this movie... And until you experience this movie, you're not going to really be able to understand exactly what I'm talking about. The movie seems like it's, it's one single story and it's a journey that you get to go on and experience with these two main characters. And I, I, it's just, it's just, it really is a marvel. It's a technical marvel. And I, I just, <laughs> I still stand in awe over how this movie was made. I mean, I can't wait to own this movie just so I can go in and see the 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 special features <laughs> behind the bonus features uh, and stuff like that uh, for the movie. But uh, 1917, it, it takes my top movie of the year for 2019. What an incredible movie and what an, an incredible year of films. I mean, every year I feel like I've just 
Uh, <laughs> it's just so fun to see all the movies that come out every year and just see see what new ideas people are are coming up with and you know um i i mean i feel like in, in many cases there are a lot of studios that are just kind of in this rut of recycling and redoing kind of the same movies and same stories but uh, i mean i'm looking at the these movies on my list and only two are sequels um i mean i guess three if you include include my honorable mentions but uh, all of these most of these are just originals and they're just important stories and i'm so happy that these stories are getting told so i just just what what a, a an incredible film year i'm looking forward to 2020 i've already seen a few movies this year um anyway you guys that's my show that's my top 10 i'll run through it real quick again number 10 is us nine john wick chapter three Number eight is Parasite. Number seven is Glass. Number six is Ford v. Ferrari. Number five is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number four is The Report. Number three is The Two Popes. Number two, Jojo Rabbit. Number one, 1917. So those uh, that's my list. Um, I would love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think. And I would love to know what your top ten was for this year. But, um, but yeah, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for downloading today's episode. I'm so excited for the future. I'm excited to see what is coming up, uh, you know, in, in movies coming up soon. And I'm excited to talk to all of you and you guys, thank you so much. Just thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the podcast podcast. Um, and until next time, uh, let's go to the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. The Backseat Directors podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And now we go to door number one to catch the show. We find our seats. Uh-uh. The perfect road. Why? It's the perfect day for a movie. Let's go see a show. Let's go to the movies and see a show. Documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.